Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church, where our goal is to know Jesus and make Jesus known. To learn more about Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Josh Murray. Hey, it's good to see you and I welcome you to Canyon Creek. I also want to welcome those who are joining us online for our live stream. We're so glad that you're tuning in. You're smart. You're staying warm. Uh, when I left the house this morning, it's so funny. We were down in Austin with family yesterday, and when we left, it was like 71 degrees or something, and when we pulled in our driveway, it was like 47 degrees. It's crazy. It's like 40 miles the world changed. Something interesting. Anyway, Happy New Year. I have a couple exciting things to share with you as we bring in this new year, some, some exciting things that are happening at our church. The first is we're going into this new year as a church debt-free. Our children's building loan has been paid off, which is wonderful. So I want to thank you so much for your faithfulness and your generosity and accepting that challenge and, and making that a reality for us, that's, that's wonderful. Also, we are reading through the Bible again this year, but rather than just reading passages, we're reading all of it. Uh, it's called the Bible Recap, so we're reading through the Bible in chronological order. If you haven't started with us yet, that's okay, because it's only the second, right? So you can very easily catch up. It's not too late. Uh, you can find that plan on our website, creekfamily.org slash Bible. It's all there. And then we're also beginning a new ministry uh, at our church that will start this month called Grief Share. You may have heard of Grief Share before, but Grief Share is a wonderful ministry that ministers to people in their process of grieving. And God has provided us with a wonderful leader and one of our new church members, Linda Hibner, who you know. If, if you don't know, you'll get to know her. And uh, Grief Share is going to begin meeting Sunday afternoons at 2.30 at the end of January on the 30th. And what I want to encourage you to do is if you think this is a ministry that, that may assist you in your grieving process, if you know someone, whether they're a part of our church or not, that are grieving, we want you to invite them and we want you to join us for a fellowship that we're going to be having here at our church next Sunday, the 9th at 2.30 p.m. And this is an opportunity for you to come and get some refreshments and learn a little bit about Grief Share. You can RSVP for that in the foyer on your way out today. But we're so excited about all of this, this stuff, these, these new things, these new opportunities going into the new year. And we're just excited to minister to, to more people. But we're kicking off this new year today with a series called Reset. And we're talking about how we can start fresh in a new year. Remember, we always talk about at the beginning of the year, a new year is a new season. All right, and I wanna start with this question today. How many of you would love for your lives to be different in 2022? Anybody? For example, maybe you would love to be more healthy in 2022. Maybe you'd love to pay off some debt. Maybe you're praying that God will improve a relationship in your life in 2022. Maybe you're hoping to grow closer to God. Right? I'm guessing that almost every single one of us has some area of our life that we're hoping will be different in this new year. Maybe you even have a goal and you're believing God for something big in this year. Maybe you're thinking 2022 is going to be the year that I do that thing that I've been trying to do for all these years and failing at, right? Maybe you're thinking 2022 is going to be the year that I quit doing that thing that I've been needing to quit for a long time. Maybe 2022 is going to be the year that I get really serious about my faith and I'm committed to growing in my relationship with God. Maybe it's going to be the year that you get your priorities in order. Whatever it is, we all come into the new year 
with great intentions, right? But the reality is it's often very difficult for us to make changes in our lives. And this is what we're gonna be talking about over the next several weeks. And I wanna start today by taking a look at one of uh, the most confusing passages of scripture that Paul ever wrote, all right? And it's, in, it's confusing, but I believe it's going to encourage you. I believe it's gonna make you feel better about yourself, all right? Remember, Paul is a guy who experienced the risen Christ. He literally experienced him. And he experienced this radical transformation in his life. And he wrote a significant portion of the New Testament. And as close to God as he became, and as, as impactful as his ministry was, I want to show you something that he said in Romans chapter seven. All right, remember, this is a confusing passage. So don't get lost. Verse 15, Paul says, for I do not understand what I'm doing. Right there, can you relate to that already? (laughs) I do not understand what I'm doing because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So now I am no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me, that is in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there's no ability to do it. Paul's saying, I wanna do what's right, but I just can't do it. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Now, if I do what I do not want, I am no longer the one that does it, but it is the sin that lives in me. So I discovered this law. When I want to do what is good, evil is present with me. For in my inner self, like we talked about last week, I delight in God's law, but I see a different law in the parts of my body waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the law of sin in the parts of my body. Then he says this, what a wretched man I am. (laughs) Who will rescue me from this body of death? Do you ever feel like that at all? Paul's saying, I want to do what's right, but I'm not doing it, right? He's saying, I want to do what's good, but I can't. He says, I don't want to do what's wrong, but I keep doing it anyway. He almost sounds crazy, but it's very endearing, right? And at the end, he says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me? Who will help me change? Who can help me be better? Who can help me do better? And we're going to hold the answer of the question for now, but today we're going to talk about discipline, all right? And discipline is something that can have a massive impact on your life, but it's a subject that's gotten a a bad rap, all right? And I know this is the case because the minute I said discipline, some of you were probably like, okay, I'm going to start thinking about what I want for lunch today, right? You're like, okay, I'm not a very disciplined person, so this isn't for me. I don't want to have to work hard. I hate discipline. Discipline has gotten a bad rap. And you might put it on the bottom shelf. You might shove it out of the way, but I want to help you see that discipline is not only attainable and achievable, it's also very helpful, all right? So we need to ask God coming into this new season, this new year, we need to ask God to help us to grow in our discipline, okay? So what is discipline? If you've heard me talk about discipline before, we always define it the same way. This is something my pastor taught me a long time ago. Discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now, 
All right, it's very simple. Discipline is making the choice with God's help what we want most over what we want now. And what's funny about discipline is we all want very similar things, but the results are always vastly different. And we've talked about this, right? If you think about it, in every area of our lives, we want similar things. For example, if you're married, you want to have a good marriage, right? Nobody gets married with the goal of having a horrible marriage. We want good marriages. We want similar things. It's probably the same with our health. No one wants to be unhealthy. No one wants to be out of shape. We all want to be healthy, right? No one wakes up in the morning and says, my goal today is to be winded by the time I get to the kitchen, right? We, that's not how we wanna live. We want to be healthy. We want similar things. We want similar things when it comes to our, our finances. We don't want to be financially unstable. We want to be comfortable, right? We want similar things. So why is it then that if we want the same thing, we end up with vastly different results. We may want the same thing, but we need to realize this. Desire does not determine who you become. Discipline does, all right? Desire does not make or break. You can want to be healthy. You can want to be financially stable. You can want to have a good relationship with your family, whatever it may be, but wanting isn't going to be enough. Discipline is going to be what gets you there, right? You've probably figured it out by now. Hoping for a better life isn't gonna bring you a better life, right? But having the discipline to make changes to your life is what is going to bring you a better life. So why is it that we want to change? We want maybe to be more disciplined, but we always end up failing. I think the answer is simply this. Willpower is worthless. Willpower does not work. We think it does, but it doesn't. Willpower is a lot like a muscle. Once you work it too hard, it becomes fatigued, right? It starts to wane, it gets tired. And we know this because you can have some willpower for a little while, right? Until they put that box of donuts out at work. And at first, your willpower might be pretty strong. But every time you walk by the donuts, if you're like me, that willpower is gonna go down a little bit every time. And eventually on your fourth or fifth pass, you're like, well, I'm just gonna look at the donuts. And you look and nah, I'm good. You have a little willpower left. Then you come back, I might smell one this time, right? And you smell it, you're like, I'm not gonna eat this. You have a little willpower. You come back, you're like, okay, what if I just eat half, right? And then you just eat half the donut and then you come back and finish the other half later. Willpower does not work. It doesn't last long. It gets weaker and weaker. And that's a big problem if you're a follower of Jesus. Because think about it. If we're following Jesus, we know what we're supposed to do and we know what we aren't supposed to do, right? We're supposed to honor God. We're supposed to do what's right. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to read the Bible. We're supposed to be nice people. We're supposed to serve. We're supposed to be generous we're not supposed to do what's wrong. We're not supposed to lie. We're not supposed to steal. We're not supposed to cheat. We're supposed to do good and we're not supposed to do bad. And we try and we try and we try, but what happens is our sinful desires that Paul was talking about start to overwhelm our waning willpower. And what do we do? We give in. Without even thinking about it, we look back and we're like, I did that. I touched that, I 
clicked on that. I bought that. I can't believe I did it. Have you ever noticed that before you fail, before you give in, before you sin, before you do whatever it is that you don't want to do or that you know is wrong, before you do it, the devil's gonna be like, it's not a big deal, right? Don't worry about it. Everyone else is doing it. You're not hurting anyone. Before you fail, your spiritual enemy tends to minimize the consequences of the sin or of the wrongdoing. But after you fail, what does the same voice do? After you fail, the same voice that minimized the wrongdoing now connects your failure to your identity and says, wow, you're a failure, right? You're messed up. You'll never amount to anything. You're pathetic. You're worthless. You'll never change. You don't have what it takes. You'll never be pure. You'll you'll never be healthy. You'll never have a good marriage. Before you fail, the enemy minimizes the consequences of your failure. But after you fail, he connects it to your identity. And this matters so much because the key to changing starts with your identity. All right? And what we may not notice at the surface in the passage that we read in Romans chapter seven is that Paul was really struggling, all right? And you can see the root of the problem of his his dilemma when he defines his identity in verse 24. He says, what a wretched man I am. He starts by talking about the mistakes he's making that he doesn't wanna make, and then he attaches it to his identity. He says, what a wretched man I am. He's gotten himself stuck in the cycle of shame, all right? Why do we have a hard time changing? It's because we get stuck in the cycle of shame. And I'm gonna show it to you. The cycle of shame begins with this. We try hard, all right? We want to do what's right. We know what we need to do. We don't wanna do what's wrong. So we we get all of our willpower together and we try really hard, right? Whatever it is, I'm gonna wake up early, I'm gonna spend time in God's word. I'm gonna read through the Bible with my church. I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna stop eating carbs. I'm gonna stop buying things I don't need. I'm gonna stop yelling at people in the drive-through. I'm gonna start being generous. Whatever it is, I'm gonna try really hard. And as time goes on, our willpower weakens. We talked about this, just like when we pass by the donut, right? Our willpower weakens and we don't have enough of our own strength to try as hard as we did before. And this leads us to inevitably failing. We fail. We give in, we sin, we lose control, and then we get stuck in this guilt and shame. This is the cycle of shame. And as soon as we get over it, we go back to trying hard and it starts over again. But no matter what, we end up feeling guilt and shame. We end up with this distorted identity. What a wretched man I am. And it discourages us and it disrupts our ability to become the person that God is calling us to become. And then we start to believe it. I'll never be able to change. New year, same, same stuff. I'm gonna have the same problems I did last year. I'm not gonna be able to get it right. I'm not gonna be any different. If you felt that way before, you're not missing something, you're missing someone. Paul was was wrestling with this identity. And then he preaches to himself. He says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? He says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's the answer. 
He says, what a wretched man I am. Who's going to rescue me? Who's going to free me from the brokenness of this life that is dominated by sin? Who's gonna help me change? Who's gonna help me to be different? And then he answers the question. He says, thank God the answer is Jesus. It's not my power, it's his power. All right? The root of the issue is this. Change is not found in behavioral modification. It's found in spiritual transformation. And the difference between the two is night and day. Change is not found in you trying to be a better version of yourself. It's found when you tap into a power that is greater than yourself, that changes you from the inside out and empowers you to become a new person that God is calling you to become. It starts with identity. The enemy wants you to think that you are what you did. The enemy wants you to believe that you're a failure because you failed. But who are you? You're a child of God. And if you're a follower of Jesus, the Bible says you're forgiven. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Bible says you're made new. If you're a follower of Jesus, God says you're set apart. If you're a follower of Jesus, God says you can do everything that he has called you to do through his power that gives you strength. When you know who you are, you'll know what you need to do. And it's not about modifying behavior. It's about experiencing spiritual transformation. You're not trying to be a better you. You're trying to be a better child of God. And the Bible tells us that the old self is gone and behold, because of Jesus, all things are made new. It's transformation. When you belong to Jesus, that becomes your identity and it changes everything. So how do we deal with that? How do we live this out when it's not Sunday morning church time and it's Monday and you wanna be angry and sinful? How do we live this out? Paul gives us this instruction in Galatians chapter five, verse 16. Very clear, he says, walk by the spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. Simple as that. Paul says, walk by the spirit and when you do, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Now, when Paul is talking about flesh, he's talking about our sinful nature. He's saying, when I walk by the Spirit, I'm relying on the power of the Spirit to help me say no. It's not my power. It's not my strength. It's not my willpower. When I'm walking by the Spirit, I'm tapping into the power of the Spirit of God that is alive in me. And here's the thing about walking with the Spirit. It is a slow-paced, one-step-of-faith-at-a-time kind of walk. It's a step of faith followed by a step of faith followed by a continuous habit of depending on God and taking another step of faith. And once you've taken enough steps of faith, you're gonna get to a place where you're no longer living by sight. You're living by faith and you're walking according to the spirit. This is a daily discipline. It is a daily decision. It's waking up in the morning and I'm gonna walk by the spirit of God today. I'm gonna take steps of faith. I'm gonna follow him faithfully. I'm going to belong to Jesus. I'm going to allow him to shape my identity. I'm going to allow him to tell me who I am. 
I'm going to allow him to guide my steps and direct my thoughts and renew my mind and empower my actions moment by moment, step by step. We walk in the spirit of God. And as we do this, we do not obey the desires of the flesh. It's all about where our eyes are fixed. It is a spiritual discipline that is born out of our identity in Jesus. Now notice what Paul said. He said, we walk by the spirit. He did not say we run by the spirit. Now I'm a very impatient person, but one thing I don't do is run. (laughs) But even if I did, right? It's walking with the spirit. It's step by step. God moves slowly, right? And this is where discipline comes into play. We have to choose what we want most over what we want now. And the appeal of carrying out the desires of the flesh is the immediate payoff, right? We say, I know what I want and I want it now. Sin has an immediate payoff. It feels good in the moment. The desires of the flesh have an immediate payoff, but the greater reward of the discipline of walking with the spirit takes time. You wanna live a more meaningful life? It's gonna take time. You wanna have a better marriage? It's gonna take time. You wanna have a better relationship with your children? It's gonna take time. You wanna have financial freedom? It's going to take time. You wanna leave a God-honoring legacy? It's not gonna happen overnight. It's the discipline of walking by the Spirit day by day, moment by moment, belonging to Jesus. And what happens is belonging to Jesus, it breaks the cycle of shame and gives us an alternative way of life. It gives us an alternative cycle. It's not about trying hard until our willpower weakens and we fail and we feel guilt and shame and then we start over. It's different than that. It's the cycle of belonging to Jesus. And the first part of it is walking by the Spirit. We have to make the decision every day. I'm gonna walk by the Spirit. I'm gonna walk with Him. I'm going to depend on Him. When I'm weak, He's going to be strong. And the more we walk by the Spirit, our faith increases. The further we walk with God, the more faith we're gonna have in him because we know that he's with us. So our faith, it increases. And as our faith increases, he empowers us. He empowers us to do what's right. He empowers us to make a difference. And in turn, it draws us closer and closer and closer to him. It brings me closer to him and it reinforces my identity of belonging to Jesus. The good news is you can change. This year can be different for you, whatever it is. It can be different. You can change, but first your identity has to change. It's not about changing behaviors. It's about being spiritually transformed by God. And it breaks the cycle of shame in our lives. And eventually it leads us to a place where we're not trying harder. We're just being led by the Spirit. Instead of trying to do everything in our own power, we're walking with the Spirit and we're depending on His power. And that leads us to a place where we're no longer striving for the future. We're living for our identity today. And our identity of of belonging to Jesus is what develops the disciplines and drives the actions to create the right results in our lives. So what do we need to do? 
it's the beginning of a new year and we don't wanna waste it. We want to, to use it as a fresh start. We wanna view it as a new opportunity. We want to belong to Jesus. We want him to drive our identity. We wanna read his word. That's why we're doing this, this, this Bible recap plan. It's 15 minutes of your time every day if you're a speed reader. And it's reading through the story of scripture chronologically from beginning to end. It's spending time in his word. It's spending time in his presence. And the more we do this, it just continues to reinforce our identity in him. So let's look at this new year and say, I'm going to belong to Jesus. I'm going to allow him to shape my identity. I'm gonna develop some discipline and I'm, I'm gonna believe that his power in me is stronger than my fleshly desires. You see, none of us have enough willpower to become the person that God is calling us to become. And that's okay. Because the life-changing secret ingredient that we need to know is that self-control is a fruit of the spirit. In other words, you weren't meant to be able to obtain it on your own. You weren't meant to be able to produce it on your own. It comes from your identity of belonging to Jesus and walking with him. Galatians 5, it says, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You might be wondering, how do I experience this fruit in my life? How do I experience love, this fruit of the spirit? How do I experience joy? We all need some joy. How do we experience peace? We need peace desperately. How do we experience patience? My wife is praying every day for me to be a patient person. How can we be more kind? How can we do more good? How can we be more faithful to God? How can we be gentle in our interactions with people? How can we have self-control? How can we have all of these fruits of the Spirit? There's only one way, and it's by walking with the Spirit of God. So what do we do? We choose what we want most over what we want now. We walk by the Spirit. We depend on the Spirit. We allow Him to direct every part of our lives. We allow Him to shape our identity, and step by step, moment by moment, we walk with the Spirit. I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions because I think the best time to change is now, whenever it is, right? You wanna change something in your life, you wanna start a new habit, the best time to do it is now, but this is a new opportunity. And I think a good goal for us to make in this new year is this, I want to become a better child of God in 2022. I wanna spend more time in his word, I wanna spend more time in prayer, I wanna listen for his voice. I want to walk with his spirit and I want him to lead me through this life. Amen. Let's pray together today. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you sent your spirit to dwell in us. We thank you that, that you walk with us. And we just pray as we go into this new year that you would guide our steps, that we would walk according to your spirit. We don't want to carry out the desires of the flesh so we pray that you would help us to depend on you. 
We know that the only way we can truly let go of our fleshly desires is to to bend on your spirit. So we pray that you would help us to do that. We pray that as we move into this new year, that you would break the cycle of shame in our lives and replace it with the cycle of belonging to you. Lord, as we walk by your spirit, we pray that you would increase our faith. We pray that you would empower us and draw us closer and closer to you. So we stand here today at the beginning of this year and we give it to you. We set it before you today. We pray that you would have your way in our lives in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online and you need to get your life right with God at the beginning of this year. Maybe you need to make the decision to get a fresh start with him for the first time, for the hundredth time. You can experience forgiveness and salvation in a relationship with Jesus Christ because God sent him to this world and he lived a perfect life and he died a sinner's death on a cross and he was buried in a tomb, but he came out of it alive so that we could be forgiven of our sin, so that we could have a relationship with him, so that we could spend eternity with him in heaven. So if that's you today and you wanna place your faith and your trust in Jesus and get a fresh start with him, I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Church, let's make this our prayer together. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me today. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose from the dead so that I could be saved. So today I turn away from my sin and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life so that I can know you and trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. I give it all to you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You've been listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church. If you made a decision to commit your life to Jesus or would like to get connected with Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org forward slash connect and fill out a connect card. Thanks again for joining us.